Yeah, so welcome to the Escapist Corner. Today we have a fine guest from the southern parts or middle part from Europe, uh, southern from where we are. Uh, it's a, a guy that introduced CrossFit to the Central Europe region, I would say. He is, um, um, he has very big buttocks. Uh, he's called Mr. Glutes. Uh, he has several records, uh, world records, European records in weightlifting, power, powerlifting, and um, seems to be uh, quite of a, an, an energic guy, so to say. Um, so let us introduce Ramon Gusin from CrossFit Basel. Hi, Ramon. Yeah, Basel, Switzerland. Hello, everybody. Yeah. Hello. So, um, yeah, tell us, Ramon, uh, how, first of all, how do you pronounce your name? Is it Ramon or is it Ramon? Uh, you, you can decide on your own. Usually I say my name is Ramon when I speak in English. Uh, Spanish people or Latin American people say Ramon. Yeah, exactly. That's how it sounds to me. <laughs> and, uh, and the Swiss people just say Ramon. <laughs> For me, it's a very Latin name. Right away, I'd say, okay, Mexican or Latin. So, uh, any Latin American roots? So, my name is, it's actually, yeah, let's tell that funny story about my name first. It's probably a good start to get easy in the conversation. So, my name is Ramon Luis, um, but my, uh, my origins are very much here in, in Europe. So, I don't have any ancestors in any latin uh, country so it's just my father really likes cuba and therefore <laughs> i have these two names and my mother told me the story that they wanted to name me fidel like fidel castro and <laughs> okay. i'm very glad it didn't happen so my name is now Ram ramon luis yes oh, okay yeah. <laughs> so imagine yourself uh, <laughs> introducing <Fidel> <laughs> the, the crossfit community very american uh in one way um and, uh, and uh, yeah, here's the fiddle guy from Europe calling. Yeah, you know, Fidel from Cuba. That would be very ironic. Uh, I agree. Yeah, but fun. Yeah, no, it's it's nice. It's nice with a story behind the name. Um, I don't have any beautiful story to tell about my name uh, or names, but um, me neither. Um, at least what I know of. Um, so, uh, Ramon, what what are you doing in a, in a day like this? Are you having a uh, like a sunny, sunny, nice day in, in Basel, you usually have? Uh, actually, yes, spring started, so I already got sunburned. Uh, that clearly shows that I have no, no uh, like ancestors in the, <laughs> in the Latin American uh, world, otherwise I wouldn't have been sunburned already by a little bit of sun. Um, mainly at the moment I'm sitting on a desk, so I, I, like, my company is now almost like is eight years old, so I do a lot of work behind the desk. I'm kind of the CEO um, behind the show here, run the show, and there's a lot of desk work to, to um, which I have to do. I was also on the call on a call today with Yami uh, from the training plan, Yami Tikan from the training plan, uh, where we were planning the programming, the online programming for uh, the upcoming weeks, because there is like over 30 people from the training plan qualified for regionals. So that's also part of my Part of my um, other jobs I have beside yeah. running my gym. 
how how involved uh, you say you're talking about the programming so you're you're now uh, very involved in trying to program uh, for the athletes that are now going to the regionals and hopefully then uh, as many as possible to the games I guess um, and you uh, I guess are you trying to program for those events or for for how, how, how are your thinking uh, there so first of all just to clarify I am a collaborator so the mastermind behind the whole training plan is is Yami Tikon and himself so I'm typically every week we are on a call and we work together on some of the stuff but most of the stuff is really coming from from his mind I am mainly the support I'm more like a ping-pong feedback loop uh, towards his thoughts and I, my expertise lies in the strength area, so I support, I do a lot of support in, in the strength plan, strength training planning and uh, I guide uh, those things or also we have a strongman session for example we, we do, so that's my role there. Um, yeah, I would love to, of course there is potential to do more of that but yeah, every, everything has, has the right time at the right moment. Yeah, I mean, how how do you manage? I I, I mean, you're you're a highly productive guy, right? Uh, you you do throw your event, own events. You have two boxes now, also, right? Um, so how do you how do you manage? How do, how do you get to training yourself um, when you're now behind a desk? <laughs> yeah, so I think. One thing is, I when I started in 2009, uh, I started small, so I founded my box here um, that went bigger. We were able to continue uh, continuously every year. We were growing uh, up to a point where we have about 700 members right now. Oh, yeah. it's, it's uh, actually about. Uh, and we're talking about Basel, not about like a big city in, in somewhere in Europe. It's really Basel. It's small, two hundred thousand people population. A little bit more when we count the suburbans. So I really grow into uh, all these um, projects and jobs I have. So currently we have uh, three facilities right now. We are managing. Uh, we just opened up uh, a lounge, like a bar, where we. Um, sell stuff but which serves also the purpose of enhancing our customer service towards uh, the not just the clients and should also um, make the whole path from prospect to client a little bit more efficient mm -hmm. and then uh, in the past I also worked hard towards the path uh, to be able to work on seminar staff so now just about once a month I travel around in Europe and uh, teach new level one coaches for CrossFit headquarter and yeah. also in the same process I got to know Yami Tikon and, and because I have a waste background in different competitions we started talking if there is possibilities for collaboration so what I did in the past is just I recognize when there is an option or a chance uh, for me to personally grow and develop and I just took it uh, I did the hard work walked the walk not just talk the talk and just made it happen but also up to a point where my own training suffers, of course. So there is a, I have a lot of responsibilities right now, uh, which I take very seriously. And then this year, for example, I, may, I, I wasn't really able to train uh, like I want to train. And this will, of course, affect my upcoming competitions a little bit, probably only so in the first half of the year, because I want to go back to more serious training. 
latest summer but then um yeah i mean there's always up and downs i mean like you guys struggle now with some of the stuff bureaucracy now for your own box there is times where you have less time or where you're absorbed by other stuff and then you have to kind of trade off find the best possible trade-off in all your activities and i think uh, by nature i'm i was I, I did some some decisions very well. Some decisions went very good or very right, and others uh, I have to learn from and then adjust in the future. So I can't really tell you a system. I, I'm more like a, a, I'm very good in serial, sequential, and multitasking. <laughs> it's also my interest, you know. My drive is like really I I love to be uh, involved in different projects. Yeah. I feel like I'm a CrossFitter also in my personal life. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, ready to ready to tackle whatever comes in front of you and <laughs> take care of it in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, in that that mindset, as that mindset, but also I'm interested in so many different parts. So I'm interested in the business parts of the business, like management and leadership. But also, I'm still very interested in becoming the, the best coach can become within the next 30 years. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. um, just yeah. uh, we we're, we're talking to a couple of people here uh, in the podcast, uh, mainly. Um, masters athletes. Uh, I know they all say this goal to get to the games or regionals or this goal to succeed takes quite a long period of time. So we're talking to all of the guys we're talking to, they say at least 18 to 24 months. Um, so how do you picture yourself as a target? Because you say you want to go back to some more serious training. Do you put yourself like a goal, okay, you know what, for the 20, I want to be 2019 regionals or I want to be now uh, masters at 35. I want to be in that uh, age group uh, competing. Is there like a plan you have already done or it's just going to see, okay, day by day or year by year saying, okay, you know what, probably I feel nice, I feel good, my company's running good, I can dedicate more time to training. So uh, my interest is really more in the, in the strength sport currently. So I quite enjoyed, <clears throat> last year I had a lot, of cross, a lot, lot more CrossFit training. So let's start it from this perspective. In 2012, I qualified for the individuals, and I also won an event. And after that, I dedicated a lot of time for uh, strength training and powerlifting, especially, and also Olympic weightlifting, also strongman. And just last year, I started to do the Swiss traditional sport of stone throwing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also combined, last year was a very good year in training as well. I took it very seriously, and I... Um, made also big progress in, in CrossFit. But also I think um, just realistically there needs to be a decision and right now my decision is like something like a 300 kilo deadlift I have never achieved in my life and just this year I had a small progress again like the, for the first time in four and a half years I had a competition a new competition personal best in the deadlift from 291 and that, that was kind of like sparkling another like, uh, currently, I see myself much more. Like, I have sore feet from 17.5. Still, I have sore feet from the double unders, <laughs> and the stuff. Like, I feel like that the, the CrossFit stuff is much more like taxing on my body than the strength stuff. Just mm-hmm. from my personal feel as an athlete, yeah. and I think I have much bigger potential in the in the strength um, in the strength disciplines than in the CrossFit discipline. I really like felt that I lack of aerobic endurance and just to do the work there to be competitive because also masters is really competitive yeah. just like think about the 35 to 39 category that's insane the people competing there 
Yeah, and it's getting it's going it's going to get filled up with all these really good uh, athletes that we've been seeing now the last yeah, years. For the last couple of years. Yeah. But uh, no, but, uh, yeah, I, I understand that part. But my my question is, of course, I focus it on more CrossFit. But of course, it's, uh, it could be any competitive category. It could be strongman mm -hmm. or powerlifting. So is it, is there what's for you, your experience the time frame needed to be uh, able to compete at the highest level or a high level? Is it 18 months, one month? Depends on your background, of course, uh, but still. I think this is not something that there is no general answer to this question. Um, there have been people, let's see, let's let's talk about like someone like Stephen Fawcett dedicated mm -hmm. like a full year without any other competitions and made it to the games. Whereas now he is probably going with the team and there will probably not a chance again for him. I mean, it's just an assumption from the placement he has now in the Opens. Yeah. Uh, he clearly fell back with, when he dedicated less time. So, I mean, it, it depends on your background. It depends on if you're a robust person. Can you handle the, really the work that is necessary? We just had one more girl qualifying from my box, Alessia, which I'm very proud of her that she made. She, she, she had like four hard years of work to get to the regionals now. Yeah. Um, so I think the truth today is that you really need to dedicate. If you have a, a very good background already in the sport and if you learn fast, if, if you, you can dedicate the time, you, you can do it probably in, in one and a half years, two years. Uh, you, can, you can reach your goals, but um, there's also other people who really worked hard and didn't make yeah. it. So I yeah, think there's course. no guarantee. Yeah. No, that's for sure. But just gives you all like a, a base level at which you can really tr trust yourself to you be able to compete at least at the highest level or a high yeah, level. So mm. I, have a, I have a different perspective for, for, for me. I think if you're just in for the short run, if, if your goal is, okay, I want to go to the regions within two or three years and then that's it. I think this is not something I can share. My perspective is really the 70-year-old guy who is able to go hiking with his um, grandkids, like this is more the perspective I am aiming towards. I really yeah. want to be this long longevity, this sustainability. I love competition, so I want to compete forever. I mean, as long and 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 luckily, I compete in powerlifting where we have 80-year-old guys competing, still competing. Yeah, it's a great perspective to have. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, and I get very, I get very interested to hear because um, since you're a multitasker and you have, have this, uh, yeah, drive to do stuff, and uh, when you see an opportunity, you you tend to, uh, at least in my eyes, you you tend to like, okay, I do this, and you you kind of do it with force. Um, this is from uh, well, my perspective, outside perspective, and what what I'm thinking of, or what what I'm question, <laughs> what what question uh, that comes to me is that where does this uh, drive come from? I mean, it's kind of restless uh, drive, right? Um, I think so. There was there was also like a period in my life. Uh, I was not. I was a very yeah, unlucky student, so I have half a bachelor in economics, and it's literally half a bachelor, so I have 90 euro credit points in uh, economics bachelor, so nothing. So I have, I've done my college degree, uh, went to the university because that was expected from me, from society, but also from family, 
uh, and I th and just to be honest, I don't blame anybody. It was just like the path you go. So everybody said, yeah, you go to the university, is the elite of the society, and you have to go there. And I'm a very ambitious person, so I was kind of. Um, yeah, I wanted to go there because everybody said, oh, these are the smartest people, they, they go to university, and I had no other clue what to do. So I went to university, I have been doing the first year uh, 60 points, and then I spent four years only doing another 30 points, so I was very lost at university, and also, like, it felt like a personal failure. So then when I... Um, moved out and I knew uh, I have to make a living on my own, I also decided very fast in what direction I wanted to go. So I moved out from home, uh, away from my mother, I had my uh, job in a security company and I knew uh, either I make this, um, I make the bachelor or then a master and get a job in that industry, economics, or mm -hmm. I follow my passion. At the same time, I found CrossFit uh, at the end of 2007 um, through the movie 300. So I found I had passion already always for training since I can think back. I loved moving and training. And then that came very quickly. So I decided to do this CrossFit thing. And then I realized I have a lot to learn. And I kept on learning. And then these nice opportunities came along. And I couldn't say no to many of these. So... It was just like intriguing to me, and it's like I was I was really starting to live life, and it was like very rewarding. Also, I was successful, and, and people were like, I got the feedback that I'm successful, and that was like a, a big contrast to the study time. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think the drive comes also from that point, also that I realized in order to have to live a happy life. You need to do things. You can't just sit there and wait until stuff comes and happens to you. You have to take the option. You have to take these chances that come along and make something out of it. Yeah. Yeah, but see, um, but uh, I, I come from a, I can relate a little bit, uh, no, not a bit, a, a lot to your story in the sense that I come from a country where, uh, as stupid as it sounds, if you don't wear a suit, you're not serious. Kind of, uh, if you don't, so, <laughs> yeah. so you don't have a, what do you do? No, I own a CrossFit box. What, you're at the office, you, what time you work, it's not from nine to six. It's kind of a, yeah, you're a free spirit and that's, that's not normal. That's uh, very weird and people don't quite understand this. And, and they start questioning, uh, but how are you going to pay for school or how are you going to pay for your, for your elderly days and stuff? But then there's a drive, this, this drive of following your passion and being really, it really, what they say, yeah, if you do what you love, you won't work a day in your life, which at the end, it needs, needs a lot of work to create this stuff. Yeah. So, but I think at the end, it's passion that drives uh, people, are successful people, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. And also the point was, and I'm still in the, like, like I was really lost also, and I went to, uh, I went to the university also because I didn't know what, what I want and I, I couldn't see the path back then that it's possible to, because there was no one else having a CrossFit box by then, so there was not like something I could see, okay, there is this path of uh, opening up a CrossFit box, because also I have no background, I didn't study sports science or something like this, so it was a very unconventional way that I started this, uh, this uh, whole um, company, I mean... But it, it worked out in the end. I mean, it, <laughs> I'm yeah. And and when you say okay, if if you work what your what your passion is, then you don't work any day. I think this is also sometimes a little bit confusing for people because to be honest, 
it's still the grind. I'm eight years in, and it's still grind. Most of the days, it's just the grind. It's not. Yeah. It's not like I sit there with joy and I'm happy and smiling all day. It's really it's hard, hard grinding. And <laughs> I learned that in order to be successful, you have to sustain the grind and keep on going. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, talking about uh, yeah, when you open. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you open. <laughs> uh, you open that gym um, back in uh, in 2009. And uh, now you're, yeah, now you're in in the in the um, CrossFit staff seminar staff, uh, coaching new people. Um, do, have you noticed any difference in the coaches uh, themselves uh, over the time now? I can probably say I noticed a big a big difference in the community from the time we were starting because in the very early days there were like only freaks coming I would say freaks because these are the people who were really interested in that they were trying to they were looking for information they found CrossFit and I'm looking back I'm still very surprised that I didn't find CrossFit earlier because I was like looking for information about training powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting like since let's say the millennium or so really like when the time when CrossFit started to be public in the internet like 2002, 2003 uh, but I didn't find it until 2007 so and now today it's very popular and so it's changed also quite a bit there is also like there is different people in the in, in level one um, there's the people who are very eager to learn some people think there is easy money in it to open a CrossFit box uh, there is some people um, they just want to become better athletes. So the crowd really, I think, changed uh, changed a bit. But there's always like very fantastic stories. I remember a guy like something like 68 years old, first ever CrossFit experience on a level one in Holland <laughs> in uh, Tribergen. Fantastic guy, fantastic guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but still, I mean, yeah, p the, the the people changed a bit, and there is. There's also more, way more uh, CrossFit seminars around these days. Like back in the days when we started, uh, when we had the first CrossFit Level 1 seminar in, in uh, Basel in 2010, we had like one or two in a year. Last year we had seven or eight, and there is so many other boxes in, 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 uh, in the area. There is CrossFit Level 1 in Berlin, in Frankfurt, in Nuremberg, in Vienna. There is in Geneva, in Zurich. So there's a lot going on now. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the spirit, the spirit uh, remained the same. It's all like we have very good call, very very good talks on these um, seminars. It's very open people, very eager to learn, very attracted to the community, and uh, I think it's still like a great spirit, like that transcends the whole community. What what do you do the like in the level one? What's what's the most common? question you get there because I, I assume because yeah we did the level one and uh, I mean we were we were hammering uh, poor Phil with with the questions uh, at that time because he, he was also uh, having his uh, CrossFit Fra um, box uh, which closed down but yeah, so we were hammering him with questions. So my, it would be interesting to hear the other other side of the perspective. Um, what's the most common question you get there from the level ones? I'd say typically the most questions overall come um, about nutrition and and uh, I think also programming. I think these are um, contours topics. 
where we have m more questions. If there is anybody like, let's say, professional from another uh, like area in the training industry, like let's say they have learned squats differently, or when there is weightlifters around, then of course they have done things technically in a different way than we teach that. So there is always conversations about, hey, who is this level one course for? And it's for beginners. And it's how to teach beginners, how to introduce CrossFit to um, new athletes, new people to CrossFit. So it's not really important if the um, specialist weightlifter wants to do the push jerk in a different way, then that's very much fine because it's, it's geared towards a different population. So the questions mostly are around, um, I'd say, around uh, um, nutrition and, of course, programming. People ask always about, like, some crazy programming they heard about or they follow. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, uh, um, from a business perspective, uh, something that uh, I've been seeing also and hearing from other uh, boxes is that, you have um, a couple of coaches, they are coming together, and then they, you know, they start to fight because of the programming. Um, and they, they sit and, 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 um, and do a lot of programming, but there's nobody to program for. I mean, they're, they're programming uh, uh, to, they're putting so much effort into programming that they're forgetting about the rest of the business. And uh, we had this discussion uh, just this week, I think, that, yeah, we, we want to do a, a nice program now for, for the guys that are here, but still we, we're, we have like 35 members at the point, so um, we, we, where should we put the focus? And, um, yeah, uh, I, uh, it's, it's just funny that, that you, because this is something that, uh, takes a lot of thinking in um, in many cases rightfully should but it's it's this to also distinguish where how much effort and time can you put there um, I mean you have these uh, great training protocols already also online uh, from coaches uh, uh, like yourself or from from the training plan, or you have the main main sites. Yeah, you have thousands of platforms, hundreds of platforms at the moment. Yeah. Uh, either almost every CrossFit Games athlete is already has a programming yeah. uh, you can get to it through the internet. Uh, but yeah, it's fun, right? So no. So regarding this, uh, Ramon, um, of course, there's a value of getting uh, programming, external programming from professionals and, and everything. What's the your take as a for your experience? Should Programming, I mean, it's, you're going to say it's, it's different to, to, ask, to answer this, but of course, which way should a new box go? Focus on the business side and guide external programming, or also put the programming inside the system? I think that's very much depending on how much experience, if you have like a, a very experienced head coach mm -hmm. who is in CrossFit a couple of years and um, really knows different styles of programming, I think then it's really worth to do the own programming, but if you have somebody like who, I mean, it's absolutely uh, reasonable if you say, okay, I'm, I want to open my CrossFit box, but I realize that my strengths are more on the business side, then this might be a situation where you um, find someone external helping you. 
Yeah. All in all, I think when we talk about investing a lot of time in programming, I think just uh, investing, I think it makes no sense to invest a lot of time without be without being sure that it, there is like the, the results are there. So just to justify, like to feel better because you have invested a lot of time in programming uh, or let's say the program is better because there is so much time invested. I think that's not really smart. So I can tell you for my all levels beginners classes, my head coach invested about six hours this year in the programming for the first three months only. <laughs> But this is because we have a system in place, and yeah. he's used. He, he's doing that already for like three years, so he's very much used to uh, how to program. And our style of programming is very much like we keep it simple. We don't want to like we are a big facility, and um, we have many coaches. I have 23 employees, um, most of them partial employees, of course, like part-time employees. So if you want to keep a high average quality in my training department, I need to be able to teach the style of coaching pretty quickly to a new coach because there is some fluctuation as well. Coaches mm -hmm. come, coaches go in a business of that size. So I need, a, I need a, a system in place where people can learn very fast um, how to deal with that programming. If you have a very compli complicated programming, then there might be more errors when coaches execute that programming. So right. that's kind of where we go with a like to keep it simple um, philosophy really pays off in that regard. And we also we can clearly see with people like Alessia that um, people can grow from beginners through all levels, through advanced, through the competition classes, and even make it to regionals in our system. Yeah. So well, it's not it's not like it's not like we close doors with a more simple program. Well, that's. Um that's <laughs> quite good, quite good uh, evidence that you don't have to um, be make it too complicated to 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 be successful. It's more about actually doing, uh, moving and doing stuff, uh, and try to. I, I think like the mythology of uh, CrossFit with mixing, mixing enough. And, and have variation on it. So, yeah, I mean, what is CrossFit? It's constantly varied yeah. function movements performed at high intensity. Yeah. It's nothing complicated. It's easy. Yeah, makes sense. It's really, it's really simple. It's really simple. Yeah. Also, when you uh, this, but just more to the detail, when you program, or, or the focus of the program goes to whom? What's your your when you? What's the uh, the target group? Because you have a large audience, it's 700 members. I, I imagine in different locations, so it's different. A lot of different levels of athletes, of course. Um, so what's the what's who's targeted to uh, with, with the with the basic program with the general programming? So for me, <clears throat> um, like I said, we have a beginners in the all levels uh, classes uh, structure where most of the people go to. And in my um, uh, view, like I said, this is a long-term thing. I don't want to make, my goal is not to uh, make someone as good as possible in the next opens. My goal is to change their lives and give them a positive, like, help them in the long run. So I, my, my philosophy is that even if we, I call it beginners in all levels, even all levels are actually beginners. So what do we do with beginners? The first thing is we, um, mechanics then consistency and then intensity. That's why, and also like the previous reason I said, we need to be able to teach coaches fast how the system works. So I choose to do a lot of slow strength training in classes where people can focus on mechanics 
not under time, not under fatigue, but when they are still um, when they are still fit and have energy. So we do a lot of strength training. We do a lot, we work a lot in cycle circles. So there is like a push, a pull, and the lower body exercise. Mm -hmm. And then there is uh, a, a metcon in the end, which is most of the times pretty simply, pretty simple, like not with a lot of barbell movements and not with so much complicated uh, gymnastic movements. And then on the we run three days like this, and then we are on a fourth day where we do more sophisticated, complicated skills, may it be barbells or gymnastics, and then we have a longer workout. So that's how we choose to do that. Um, and the, the good thing with that, um, so how do I justify that? I say um, mechanics, consistency, intensity. So this system allows me to really train mechanics. Like most of the time in a lesson spent goes to teach mechanics of just like fun, fundamental, uh, funda foundational, fundamental functional movements like squat, press, and pull. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I also my <laughs> because I'm a powerlifter and I love strength and I love like if if you have if you're stronger then also the daily activities is just easier. So I really love like when is the last time you had to run to run 3k accidentally? <laughs> that, that, when when is that happening? It's not happening. I mean there is clearly health benefits in aerobic endurance and you should do that absolutely in your training and also if you want to be a good crossfitter you need to train this energy system and you need to do those workouts. But typically, what helps people first is to have a little bit more strength. Also, like, back pain goes away if you are stronger. I mean, it's just like, and also, like, all the strength work really strengthens passive joint, passive structures like joints, ligaments, and tendons. So the yeah. likability to injure yourself in a more dynamic environment of, uh, like, let's say, kipping pull-up is lower. So it's more sustainable. And also, I think... In, in general, people are not strong enough. Like they sit on the desk all day long. They need strength in order to be able to do, let's say, a muscle up. So that's why I focus more on strength. Like for me, it's like a, it's so much sense. Makes so much sense to me. Yeah. So I mean, uh, something that is very normal is for people, if you ask them if they are fit, uh, or if you ask them if they are training. Then usually, like a very common answer is, yeah, I I usually run once a week, yeah, or twice, or they play play company football uh, on Friday evenings, and from that you you you're supposed to get fit. So how how do you? Uh, and I mean, this is just uh, sort of a. <laughs> To say a barrier of knowledge, uh, like the, the 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 difference in knowledge to understand uh, what fit is. Um, and uh, my my question here is uh, more: How do you? Um, I, I think this what you said actually is a very good answer to what what my question now became is uh, how to, how to uh, talk to those. People to make them understand that to play company football uh, one hour every Friday doesn't make you fitter. It, it might even even uh, make you uh, you know danger your your uh, capability to to get fitter. Because what we see is that people come here with with broken or like uh, broken ACLs and stuff from football playing because they used to be fit and then they play once a week and bam one friday they just go all in yeah exactly so um 
No, um, so my, uh, I, I'm kind of drifting here, but uh, I think you kind of answered that, uh, how, how, you, how to approach those guys to understand that you need, you need your strength uh, to work on the strength and not, not just play company football once a week. But how, how, so, okay, let me reformulate. How do you get these guys to understand that they have to invest at least maybe one or two hours more a week um, in a, I mean, in a CrossFit gym or somewhere else where you can build strength. What, what do you say to those, those guys? I think short term is just marketing. So do you have the right marketing in place? That's short term, um, how you sell your service to a certain segment or group of potential new clients. I think long term, it's really the duty, I would almost say like a duty uh, of the whole community to A, educate people. Um, so education comes through understanding. So I think when people leave the level one, they are so much focused on this programming and daily application of CrossFit, like the workouts, that they forget the real, the big power of the underlying concept. So. I have maybe, I've done, I've coached and taught like 44 CrossFit seminars now, level one seminars, and I've been to maybe another 25. So I've listened to this, what is fitness, what is CrossFit lectures over and over again, and still I learn and still I understand way better from, from every time I listen to them. So when people finally will understand all this, what is fitness and what is CrossFit lectures, and that fitness over lifetime means health, and this will take time, this will take years until people understand the value of the underlying concepts of CrossFit. Because right now, CrossFit is very well known for high intensity. People are scared. They think they don't relate it to health. They don't relate it to fitness. They relate it to half, maybe, maybe they relate it to fun in a group and they will get better, become better, but they don't relate it, relate it to lifelong fitness and, and therefore health. So I think that the, the, the community, each box has to take a standpoint, leading by example, that's what I try to do with my competitions, I want to lead by example, show the people that it's possible to do all that stuff together, we need to be, uh, we need to educate ourselves, we need to get, educate our coaches, our employees, our clients um, about these strong concepts which are already there, and then it's just like... Um, CrossFit is, 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 is big already, but like I said, it's a, the appreciation or the, 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 the impression what is CrossFit is different and we need to work to change that. And I think everybody's work is you guys' work, it's my, my work, and I think then we will attract the right people or people will come to us anyway. I think it's really like keep doing the work in your box every day and then people will understand by just seeing the results that this is so powerful. Yeah, um, I I totally agree. I think it's uh, it's kind of um, it's because somehow you you give the same lecture uh, every time, and I I don't know how many uh, many I've I've been talking to, not clo uh, closely <laughs> as much as you, Ramon, but um, I've been uh, when you t talk about the functional fitness part and what what it is and. Why do you need health and so on? Um, I, I come to to this kind of 
yeah, it's also about education then. So what what is health? I mean, we have the we talk about the continuum in the CrossFit level one, um, which is it's useful uh, and it's very good. It's a good eye opener. People understand graphics. Uh, it's always nice to to be able to to draw that. Um, but for, uh, talking about your health, where where. How do you handle your health? I mean, you you are you're very busy, and uh, you say you have a lot of things. And uh, what what I can relate to, or what I see, is that okay, we we have a lot of things going on. Um, uh, we we started a podcast, and we we don't know why, but we just felt we have to do do it. Maybe it's a part of the part of the thing of educating people. Uh, fed up with telling the same story a hundred times over, so here's a <laughs> here's a podcast you can listen about it. To. Um, but uh, how how is your health? How how do you keep up with your health? Uh, if I may ask. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, I think especially when I say or make a strong point about leading by example. Of course, it's absolutely reasonable to keep me accountable and ask me about the same thing. And of course, like uh, everybody else, I am doing sometimes a better job and sometimes I'm not really doing a great job in that regard. Um, I think I changed a lot personally the past couple of years. So if you had known me a couple of years ago, I'd be the person who would drink Coke all day long. So I was very much in love with all sorts of fast food, be it like pizza, kebab, you name it, currywurst, whatever you want. I was really in love with that stuff. I loved pasta, I loved my Snickers, my chocolate, my chocolate milk, my Kellogg's Frosties, everything. I mean, and hey, I didn't gain weight, so it wasn't unhealthy. So I was still, I had a six pack, so everything is fine. So I can shovel in that sugar, 400 grams a day, doesn't matter because hey, I'm gonna do four hours of sport. No problem there. No. Uh, until I got the problem. So a couple of years ago, I had those problems. So my digestion went crazy, and I had like half a year of like stomach pain. And I went to the doctors, and they said, "Well, Ramon, um, you need to back down on your work. It's really like obvious that your work is giving you a hard time, and you need the stress is too much." But then I started to read and learn and educate myself. So I read a lot about paleo. Uh, of course, for the level three, for the CrossFit level three education I did, and also for being on level one seminar staff, I had to keep up and read a lot of books, be it paleo, be it some stuff from Precision Nutrition, Berardi, be it the Barry Sears, the Zone Diet. So I started to um, educate myself and to change things, and by now, um, um, I'm still, I still love chocolate, and I have my little chocolate every day, but... I, my consumption of sugar, for example, went is drastically lower than what it was in the past. And uh, also, I struggle with some intolerances, so I don't eat any grains and wheat and yeast, for example. I don't like zucchini and aubergine too much, so there is some stuff I keep away. And the current struggle I have at the moment is I don't eat any breakfast, so I maybe eat twice a day, and I should probably go back to eat like four times a day, something like this. So. I keep an eye on um, sleep, so uh, even if I have, like especially during the opens and when I am busy on seminars, I tend to sleep not enough. This is not really good. I am like a, a night owl, so I go to bed like 2 o'clock in the morning and get up like something at, like at, eight, at uh, 10, so I try to keep my seven, seven and a half, eight hours of sleep. If I train for an hour, I typically sleep half an hour more. 
and also per training I have like one meal more. And I've been driving very good with this. Some simple changes I did last year was, okay, I only drink water and I want to eat at least a big salad or a big portion of vegetables each day. And that made a big difference to me. So I was the leanest last summer and also pretty strong. So I was, it, feel, it felt pretty good and I want to go back to that rhythm, that, back to that schedule. Yeah, I mean, um, you're, you're, you're quite, uh, quite of a heavy guy for being uh, in your heights, right? Yeah, absolutely. My BMI is like I am obese, like super obese. I have a BMI of 33, and I like I can die every moment. Yeah, yeah. So this yeah. Uh, this I had this uh, issue with my uh, in in Germany because probably like in Switzerland, you're you're privately health insured. Yeah, same, same. So, um, but you get a bonus if you have the right BMIs. So uh, yeah, if you, if you get good health markers, you yeah. get uh, you, you get a bonus, and you reduce your yeah, yeah you reduce your your yearly exactly. So but this guy, <laughs> yeah, I went to the doctor and I said, okay, I want to have uh, have this filled out for the insurance company so they can um, so they so they can reduce my rates. And he was like doing my, I said, you do like blood tests, everything you have. Uh, if it's outside the insurance, I do it. I, I want to know what's in the blood and everything. And the results came back and he was like, oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. And, 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 and I asked him, hey, this cholesterol, is, is that a bit high? And he was like, um, no, that's actually the best one I ever seen. <laughs> So uh, he's like, yeah. so he's, he's like, so uh, what? What are you doing? Like I said, yeah, I, I eat a lot of egg and bacon. Okay, well, this is great, and I, I train train uh, quite a lot, but uh, yeah, usually I try to eat as less, uh, yeah, no sugar and and so on. Oh yeah, no, this is great. I never seen better specimens. Oh, that's good. And then he filled out the paper and then came to BMI. He was like, uh, "What's your weight?" So like, yeah, I'm I'm 100k. Ah, oh, shit. Because then I was just above, above the 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 line, uh, and he was like, <laughs> so he he wrote the note where it says, he the guy is very fit, he has a six pack, and then two two two, <laughs> we, two weeks later I get I get a mail from the insurance company, sorry your values are too bad. <laughs> your values are bad. Your BMI is too high. You cannot we cannot reduce your. Your rate. Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah, which is which is ridiculous, and it, it leads to a problem because the the, the current health authorities, they, they, there's I mean of course I don't want to this like put in a whole industry in disgrace, but there is like certainly doctors, <laughs> which don't keep up with. It's fucking 2017. Sorry, I mean man, you can read up on that stuff. You can like you can also educate yourself and like move on and learn new stuff. There is like old. Old rules in place which make no more sense anymore. Yeah, I, 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 I tend to sense uh, that there is um, this kind of knowledge gap between uh, the professional uh, medicational science, which, uh, yeah, I, I'm not saying saying anything bad about it because uh, I, I see it a bit like I think it's something. Glass, Greg Glassman always says is about they are the 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 life saviors uh, for for somebody who's drowning, right? And we are more more the guys learning people how to swim so they don't drown. But mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
but it's still is such a gap. They, it's, it's somehow that these guys, they only know how to, to take a guy who is about to drown to pump their lungs, get their water out, and that's it. But he can't learn this guy to swim. This, uh, this is uh, sort of the <laughs> analogy I can, I can think of right now. No, I think that for me, I think that it's important fact that more people get, uh, as people get more involved with fitness and we, we talk, or we're talking about ourselves or customers, and now we have a so, such a huge amount of information on the internet that we can tap on and books and different things that customers are getting informed. They're learning, they're, they're doing their homework. So yeah. why is it not people, people in the medicine or pharmaceutical industry not doing their homework too and changing these uh, parameters that are basically nonsense? I mean, uh, you're, fit, it's slowly you're fit, but you're overweight because too much muscles. It's slowly happening in, in the States, right? Uh, I've, I've seen a, a bit on, on them through um, CrossFit main sites that, yeah, you have some hospitals now with a CrossFit gym or so on. Um, and that would be very interesting to see, to get to get that into like the welfare system in in the European countries because we have the the best welfare care uh, in the world, but we're more you know instead of getting people on their feet, we're we're like shutting them down and making them you know sit in this chair or lay in this bed until. You, you can't breathe anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I totally agree. And I can tell you, for me, it's almost, I have a very strong point on that. For me, it's almost like if, if there's a doctor and that he writes a receipt to, let's say a person has the right wrist hurt. And this doctor writes a one sentence. Uh, this person doesn't have, cannot move for the next month because the right wrist is hurt. I think that is almost criminal because we can look around. The current philosophy in the health industry is not working. This is just a fact if you, walk, if you watch around because people are getting more sick and more sick. So yeah. it's very obvious that there needs to be a different approach. But people seem not to understand. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's so clear. It's, you, don't even, you just have to walk around in a city at the train station, walk around, watch these people, observe these people. And then, because I'm typically only in a CrossFit box, so either I work here, see CrossFit people, or I go abroad and I am in another CrossFit box. <laughs> so I see normal people only at the airport. And then, yeah. I get, and, I'm and, 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 and you get <laughs> And you get shocked. And, uh, yeah. Sometimes really, yeah. Sometimes really, yeah. And also I can relate with something else. When we have school classes coming to my box training, if these school classes come from the city center, there is almost like oh, like there is very little little students that are not overweight. So these are young people in their teenager years, and they already struggle with obesity. I mean, that's very that's a very rough start yeah, into we were, their life. I, mean, I was I was talking to this with with a couple of friends, and they at, when I was in school, they used to be like. Uh, the fat guy in the class, and now he's the skinny guy in the class. So it's, it turns yeah, it completely, totally. turn, completely turn around. Yeah, totally, And, totally. Yeah. and the, uh, what I see is also the lack of play uh, these uh, kids have, because they, mm -hmm. they can't move anymore. And I mean, I, maybe, uh, I, I still think, I, uh, yeah, I, as everyone, you think that you are young. I, I, I just newly went out of school, but that's not true anymore. 
because now I really, uh, I really start to see like, hey, there's a 16-year-old, 70-year-old uh, coming into the to the gym, and this guy, he's so stiff he can't he can't uh, squat even. So, yeah, it's it's crazy that you can have this uh, these kind of the lack of play. It's just so obvious now that we have to have, you know, uh, a big uh, companies like a CrossFit box or gyms where people have to go to for one hour because otherwise they are they they don't play. You know. I completely I completely agree. It's just like. Human beings don't behave so much as human beings anymore nowadays because there is so much new technology. There is like we live totally different lives than our biology needs. So it's it's really all these fast like everybody's on the phone. There are so many different devices. You don't spend so much time outside. You don't move. You don't move in high intensity, but you also don't move in low intensity. Low intensity because. Everywhere there is elevators, you don't have to walk again. I mean, even there's these electronic bikes now, you have a car and so on. So you don't really have to, it's so much change and it's, it's detrimental to, the, to the, the individual human being. It's, it's a shame. It's really like people also struggle to live to their full potential because they have unfit bodies. Well, there's, there's one, um, with what, this one book, one theory from one, I can't remember the name of the book, but he says at the moment what is go, going on is that people used to die because lack of things. People used to die because they were hungry or because they were cold or because they didn't have enough minerals. And nowadays people are dying because you, we eat too much, so we have diabetes, or we don't move enough, so we have uh, heart disease and we get fat and everything. So this is why his explanation to saying that evolution, the, the male, so the human being is not evolving anymore. And that's why also he says that the the pain industry, what he names the CrossFit, the Spartan races, or obstacle races and stuff, is booming because people want to feel distress and people want to challenge themselves. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I also feel like I had a great conversation. Yami uh, was bringing that up in one of our last calls that um, being something like exposed to cold or extreme heat exactly. or, like, or like stressful situations is totally normal. Whereas having this constant stress in our daily lives which we have right now, is obviously not making any good for people. I think it's really like, um, it should be the other way around. I think you should seek more like quietness and calm and mindfulness in your daily lives. But then once in a while, I struggle with hate, for example. So maybe it's good to me for me to go hike in, a, like in mountains once in a while to get that stress, but not all the time. Yeah. Well, yeah. um, I, I think we could almost dedicate an entire podcast to 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 talk about this phenomenon, phenomenon, phenomenon. Damn it! Uh, about this thing, and uh, but yeah, um, I think we're going to do it a second time. Um, we're gonna. I think we have to kind of uh, glide out of this one and. Um, and thank you, uh, Ramon, for participating. Yeah, thank you for your time, for your knowledge, and until next time. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, I would love to continue this. I think there is many more questions left. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have an entire entire document here. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You got, Just you got lucky this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you, Ramon. <laughs>